Welcome to Tech Edge. I'm Allison. Hi. And I'm Guy Training. And today we're going to focus first on a tip. When Apple first issued the iPad, they really thought about it as a personal entertainment device. At least that's what I understand. But as workplaces and schools have really adapted to the iPads, we've discovered a new problem. And that is a in some ways an old world problem because it's really about thinking about work and home as separate entities when you use devices and we've had that over the years many many times we have a laptop that belongs to work and sometimes we're allowed to do personal things on it sometimes we don't same thing with the iPad so we've got this issue, who owns, for example, apps? So if you bring your own device to school, but school buys the apps, what happens? Or if this is a device that belongs to school, but you take it home and want to load some, let's say, some games, things that you've purchased with your own money. Originally, there was nothing you could do. But after a while, and probably some public pressure, Apple actually came up with a solution. And the solution is actually to be able to have more than one account operating on any iPad. What does that mean? It means that you can purchase apps or books or anything else from two separate accounts. So you can have a work account or a school account and you can have a personal account and both sets will work concurrently on your machine as long as you retain both accounts. If you take one account off, then the apps that are connected to it cannot update and eventually uh, with synchronization will actually be dropped. So to have it work, you need to have obviously an iPad, you need to have access to two accounts, one of them personal, one of them work, or even from two different workplaces, whatever the combination may be, but you keep updating with two separate account names and two separate passwords. And for example, on my iPad, I have my own apps that are personal, that I buy out of my own account with my own money. And then I've got work a work account that is connected to our reading center. And that way I can share the apps with everything else that happens at the reading center. And I actually showed Allison here how to do this this morning and it's already working. So I'm going to show you how to do this. What we do is we go to our app store. And if you remember, in the App Store, when you go to uh, the main page, you have all of the, and it's coming up, all of the apps that they want you to get, which you don't necessarily have to get. But then, if you scroll all the way down, you have the ability to redeem coupons. Uh, to get support and this is our Apple ID and if we want another account all we do is we press on the Apple ID see we get this little window and we sign out now just make sure you remember your password but if we sign out and that's sometimes a little finicky so you have to sometimes be patient with it I'm not sure why it happens but if you do sign out you see, now it says sign in, which means you're not signed in as any user at all. And then 
when you sign in, you either use an existing Apple ID, in my case it's from the Reading Center, or create a new Apple ID. So you can create your own if you've got one from work or from school and you have used school ID, you can create your own Apple ID. It'll connect to your iTunes automatically and you can start paying for your own apps or create even one without a credit card. In our case, we're using an existing Apple ID and then you need to come up with the name and that's always an email in our case our own emails and then you plug in a new password and we press OK And now I'm logged in as a different account. And you've got a different Apple ID here. And there's no problem. If you go back to my apps, these are the apps for my first ID. And that's the first few pages. And then this last page is actually everything that I brought from the other account. Now, you don't have to do it this way. That is, you can mix them in the same page, in the same folder. That's not a problem. I just do it because it's easier for me to control what I have and what I don't have. So this is how you can get more than one account on the same iPad. The first two apps we're going to talk about are the Kindle and iBooks apps. They are not the only ones that allow you access to books. There are others like the Nook and a few others that we might talk about at a different time point, but I think these are the two basic ones. And so we want to share those and start getting people to use them. The first one and my favorite is actually the Kindle app. The Kindle app is probably my favorite because I actually own a Kindle. So a Kindle app will work on my Kindle. It'll work the same account will work on the iPad and on uh, Android devices. So it can carry across devices if you're not sure what you're going to have right now, if you've got uh, different devices. For example, um, there's a book I read partially on my iPad and then when I was waiting in a doctor's office and I didn't have my iPad, I actually read it on my iPod Touch then I used my Kindle some of the time, so you can do actually a lot with that. And what I like about all most of these apps is actually you have your own bookshelf and then you can have books that you actually read and you don't want to keep on your machine just for memory purposes. And there's a huge treasure trove of classics that is available for free through most of these apps, through different projects, so it doesn't have, you look, for example, here, Treasure Island, it doesn't have a fancy cover, but that's about it. It's the original, and when you open it, it shows up. It's very crisp, and that's true of most of these. It's very crisp script, uh, easy to read, easy to turn pages, and you can bookmark where you are, and the beauty of the WhisperSync on this app is that when you bookmark one, on one device, it transfers to all of your devices and it tells you exactly where you are. The other things that I like about this are the abilities to highlight a, a word. And then that word could be connected just highlighted or 
It can be something you provide a note on, so you can write a note that stays with that text and transfers between programs. If we check here, personage, and then you get a dictionary definition, a basic dictionary definition, and you can actually get some more information about it and choose different dictionaries depending on what you're reading. And they're adding more dictionaries as we go. So there are a lot of features to this book app, but the beauty of it is it's simple, it is easy to use, you have access to dictionary at all times, you can highlight. So that's the first app. The second app, which functions very similarly, is the iBooks. This is the native app for Apple, and you get it automatically with a new iPad. And what you get is you get that bookshelf look that Apple now uses in iTunes U, it uses in iBooks, and these are the books I currently have. And you can see that there are two kinds of books here. These are my PDFs, and PDFs look like a ring binder. And these are all PDFs I've downloaded, so you don't actually have to buy them. Any PDF you create can open in iBooks. And if we go to the collections, I can go to my books instead. And these are the books I've got downloaded. Again, one of the easiest way to see the difference is all the ones that have actual covers with art are ones that were bought or some of them are trials. So you can get a couple of chapters out of books and try them out. All the ones that have these generic covers, those were downloaded for free. And again, it's mostly classics and things that the copyright have ex has expired since. So there are really a lot of interesting things. And I sometimes think that when you're teaching middle school and high school literature, you probably don't need an anthology anymore. All you need is to download the right short pieces, the right novels, and kids can have access to all of them, which is delightful and saves on a lot of paper and carrying around. So you can do a lot through this, and you can connect to the store and actually find books you buy, you like. Again, this is through the same iTunes store, so you're buying books from uh, the publishers through the bookstore and the cost is very similar to the cost of the Kindle books. So they are not cheap. This is very similar to the cost that you have at the bookstore at this point. So you really want to look at some of the more interesting things including special offers, books that are available for free. If you spend some time looking, you can actually find a lot of cool things that don't cost a lot or maybe don't cost at all, like the, the classics. But these are categories, so again, you can look around, you can find the things you're looking for, and uh, look, of course, at the top charts for downloads, etc., etc., just like when you look at apps. And you can see that there are quite a few free books available. Um, I downloaded The Art of War, but um, there are a lot of others you can download and slowly build a library that you can actually share with kids or just for your own enjoyment is perfectly fine too. The next things that we're going to talk about are called Phonics Genius and K-3 through Sight Words. Uh, phonics Genius I really like because it is just what it says. It is a phonics practice. 
It has games on it that you can change the settings, which I really liked that about it. Um, you can change the settings and you can also make your own cards, which is really valuable whenever you are trying to teach a certain concept. Uh, there's one thing that I wasn't pleased with and that's that you can't report with it. So this is going to be something that you are going to use more with your students at a mm -hmm. small group. Um, the K through three sight reader is just a vocabulary sight word. Yeah, it's a, it's a sight word uh, app. It has grade levels, which is great. It has some control over what kids can see and can't see. So it's very, but on the other hand, it's just sight words. It's very basic, but it's one of those apps that if you have parents that have access to an iPod Touch, an iPhone, or an iPad, they, that's a way to practice sight words at home. So if we used to send you know, index cards home or something like that. You don't have to do this if they have access to the technology. They could easily do that and just get some practice going. The first thing that we're going to look at today is called Phonics Genius. So we'll go ahead and get that loaded up. And you can see that when it comes up, it has a variety of words that you can work with. It has the vowel consonant vowel concept. It's got the A's at the beginning. Um, many that you can choose from. So I'm going to go ahead and choose one and you can see that when it loads up it has a list of words and we're actually in the game mode so it just said shape. It wants us to sh choose the word shape. It will go through and you will just pick the words it repeats the sounds for you. If I were to go back, we can change the settings. And this is what I really like about this app. This is probably my favorite thing. You can change any of the settings that you want. Um, you can change it to have sound. You can decide on your phonics highlights. You can do the play mode, which you can choose between practice and games. So that's a really nice choice for the teacher. Um, something that was really nice about this app is that you can customize your own flashcards. So if you have certain words that you want to work with, you can choose those. Or oh, if you want to create a pattern yes. that is not available there, but you're working, let's say, in kindergarten and you're working at the at family, you can do that as well. Absolutely. You can either add to the cards that are already there or you can start your own set. You can add the text, you can decide what they are. Um, something that we really liked is that you can record your voice saying the word as well. So if you kind of play around in here, you can see that the settings choose exactly what you want to do. Um, the one thing that we didn't like about this app was that you can't report with it. Um, you can't send your grade to, say, the teacher or a parent. However, there are some really nice things that are found in here. Um, the customizable features and lots of practice between the games or the one-on-one -on -one practice. So this is an app that we really liked. This is the K3 SightWords and it's a very simple app. I like it because it's user-friendly. Let's take, let's choose the second grade words and here is the first word. You can listen to the word. Always. And that's a way for kids to know if they were right or not and then you move forward. That is basically it. A series of flashcards stamped here. The one thing I don't like is it has all of the pieces of art 
but they don't actually do anything. So pressing on them won't get anywhere, which is counterintuitive to kids who get used to working on an iPad, where if something is there, you press it, it does something, usually functional. So that's not available. The only other thing that you want to know is you can actually use random words or you can do them in a specific order. So if kids are practicing just to get going, you can actually turn off the random words and it'll go always in the same order. So this is the first one and then I can go forward. And you can see that there's a meter on the bottom showing you how many of these words you've read. Again, just like the phonics app, it does not have a way to report to the teacher. So this is a serious limitation and you want the child at this age doing something like this. They can practice on their own, but really once in a while you can use this to do assessment of how many of the words they know. So it can be used both individually and it's something you can actually ask parents to do at home or you can use it as a, an assessment in the classroom while you or a para or even a parent volunteer can mark which ones they got right and which ones they got wrong until they get to the level of performance that you want. So we had some apps that really work at the kindergarten, even preschool through first grade, some phonics. The phonics program could be probably stretch to second grade, but not much beyond that. And then sight words, which are definitely early uh, literacy. Now we're moving a little bit ahead. And the first one, you said word zombies. And I've never played word zombies. Word Zombies is great. We actually use this a lot at our reading center here at UNL, and the kids love it. It is a game that has zombies, of course, in it, and the kids work to spell words correctly, and every time they spell the word correctly, they get to shoot a zombie. Okay. So the thing that I really like about this is that it's interesting for the kids, and it also gives a report at the end. So you can see how many words the students get correct. It gives you a percentage, mm -hmm. how many words given, and how many are correct out of that given amount. Um, it's, it's been a big hit, and the kids, they love it. The game part of it and the reporting part of it is really nice. Okay, and, and it's nice, again, because as a teacher, you don't have to be there, but you do get a sense of how much they've done and what their achievement level is. And I'm going to talk a little bit about two apps that have to do with fluency. Now, I've done a lot of work with fluency, and fluency have been, has been a very popular uh, topic around the country, around automaticity and all of those things. And there are two apps that do a fairly good job with fluency. One is called Quick Reader. The other one is called Time Reading. Both of them present text, and that text can be read silently or orally, but if it's read orally, somebody has to be there to listen and think about accuracy. All right, this is Word Zombies. Um, you can see that I actually downloaded the free version. So you can buy the full version and you can play it out, see if you like it. I plan on doing that, but we'll go ahead and look at the free version. Um, this is a score that I was playing with last night, in fact. You can see that you can unlock levels as you go. So I'll go back to my level three. Must. This app gives you words that you will play. So it said must, so I need to select S. You can see that when I select the right one, it shoots at the zombies. Ken? If I were to pick the wrong word, it tells you which one you picked and shows you how to correct that.
Now, can you control the patterns in this? No, you cannot. That is one thing. And you may be able to do that through the bot version, but through the free version, you are just practicing spelling. Oh, yeah, you can you. see that I actually failed the level. So if you go back, you can look and you can go back to the level that you started at, or you can start at the beginning. Um, this is a really fun app. The kids like it. I know that in some of the selections, you can set the words and that must be in the purchased application, but this one is free and you can unlock all the levels, which is really nice. And this is timed reading, and you can see actually we have two uh, students here. And in time reading, one of the important things to know, this is actually an iPod Touch slash iPhone app, but you can easily use it on the iPad. So again, this is something that you can use, and this is something that you can also recommend to parents if they have access to any of these devices you can add or edit students. This is really useful because you can get a sense and I am at second grade level and Allison is at fourth grade level. And if you click on the student, you can actually uh, clear the data or talk about anything else with the student. And I'm ready for my next story or I can go to my reading list. And in the reading list, it'll give a check mark for something I've read, how fast I read it, 282 words per minute, this was read silently, not out loud. And the percentages is how much faster it is than what is expected at that grade level. Now, obviously, I'm not in second grade, so uh, I do a little bit better. And this is my next story. So I can actually go to next story, and it'll go in sequence. And it counts down. And then you go, and you start reading. And you can see the timer is here. You can pause. If you pause, you get a blank screen, so you can't cheat and you go through. You can, again, do this silently if you want your kids and if they're ready to read silently. If not, they can read out loud and you can do it just like any other oral reading. And you go through and when you're done, you click done and then it says how many words per minute, 712 words per minute, and you can save it or not. The piece that is missing here for me is one is if there was an automatic report for teachers. Again, we keep going back to that. We want an automatic report to teachers or some way to report to teachers and not the teachers having to go on the device, but the numbers are there so you can get access to them. The second piece is there are no comprehension questions. There's nothing like that. This is Quick Reader. There are multiple versions of this, but they all amount to the same engine underneath. If you look at it, we have three modes, normal reading, speed reading, and speed test. In speed test, you're, it's actually a text. You select a specific passage, and then it measures how quickly you read it. In speed reading, the minute you enter, and that's true of all of them, you get some books that are downloaded. You can see, again, these are the classics, The Count of Monte Cristo, The Last of the Mohicans, The Prophet, again. And basically what Pasteboard does is it takes whatever last text you copied. So you can take a text from a, a book or something you wrote yourself, anything like that, and it'll show up here. This is the last thing that I uh, put on. This is an email I sent. 
it doesn't matter. Whatever you highlighted will show up here, and now it's a text you can use. So you can actually import any text you want as long as you have access to it. You bring it into the iPad, and then you can see. This is the kind of report it gives. This is speed reading. Again, remember, we're not really interested in the speed reading aspect from a theoretical perspective, but it does give you how many words per minute. Right now, it'll run at 125 words per minute, and I tap to begin, and you can see how it slowly highlights a few words at a time at the pace of 120 words per minute. So if a child can't follow that, or it's too slow, you can actually adjust this to go faster or slower. It can go as slow as one word per minute. That's not good. And it can go all the way up to close to 1,000 words per minute, and you can adjust it very, very carefully in the settings. So if we go back to the settings, you can see words per minute. It's right now adjusted to 125, but I can make it faster or slower depending on the student, depending on the grade level. The next thing that we're going to talk about is an app called iStorybooks. And this app is great. Um, it is a paid app, but they do about once a month a free book. And the book that we're going to look at today is called Micah, and this was actually the free book for this month. And what I really like about this book is that it is just a good storybook. There's not too much to distract the student. Um, it can read to you, or you can read it yourself, which is a really mm -hmm. nice thing to do. Um, I'm a fan of it. I really like the graphics on it, and the story is a good story. Yeah, and, and it seems that this one in particular, as I looked at it, and you mentioned some of it, one is good quality stories matter, good art matters, and I actually think that there's a point, and some of the books for kids apps do that, is there's too much to press on. There's too much interactivity. And it's kind of funny to think about it because that's why we get the iPad. And the great thing is about the features on this book, you can turn on or off. Mm -hmm. So if you just want the book, you can just have the book. If you want those few little details, you can put those on as well. Um, and they're fairly inexpensive. Each book is 99 cents, or you can wait and get the free one each when month. When they're available. So I went ahead and I brought up this iStory book and this one is called Micah's Adventure. And you can see that it comes up, it's got a great picture, and if you can hear it, it has sound. Um, the sound is something that you can turn on and off. So I'm gonna go ahead and flip to the first page. You can see that it will read the story to you. Uh, there's a little note down here, and here you can select whether or not you want it to read to you. There's a little speech bubble. It can have that music that you heard at the very beginning. And also, this little, it looks like little bubbles. You can choose that, and if you choose this, it allows you to select things around the story, and they make sounds. So that's a nice feature that you can choose. Um, you can flip through. There's kind of a back and forth arrow, so that's nice if your students are reading. If you are having the story read to you, it will flip automatically, or you can set it to where it will flip by your hand. As something else, just another feature of this storybook, um, especially if parents are looking to entertain their kids, there are games that go with it. This one is a puzzle. Um, you can use a puzzle to put together the picture of Micah. Another thing is a memory card game. So fun application here. 
Now to get to iPad Insight, you can do one of two things. You can go directly to the website and you're going to have the website on your screen or you can use their Flipboard stream. If you have Flipboard, if you don't get one, we'll talk about it in one of the next shows. But this is my Flipboard and this is the iPad Insight. You can see here, this is the iPad Insight stream. And this is the review I was talking about. So inside Flipboard, when you click on one of the little stories, it comes up uh, larger. And this is Cinderella 3D Fairy Tale. And this is the review. This is the beginning of the review. And if you want to see the full article, you gotta see, you gotta click on View Original Article. It'll load. It's a very nice very appropriate review. It's done by somebody who's a parent. So does this iPadInsight.com always do children's books? No, it actually does everything iPad and it's okay. got sections. So it's got education, it's got um, many, many other sections. If, if I'll just go out, you can see when I go to my feed that it has a story uh, about screens for the iPad. It can be different apps. Um, so app Store just, downloads. So you have it brought up through Flipboard, but if you just wanted to look at the website, you just go to your... Um, iPad Insight, regular browser, iPadInsight.com. So if I would went to my Safari, and it'll work on any browser. Okay. But the native one is Safari. Safari. It's iPadInsight.com, and in this case, it's the Cinderella, so it just shows up. Oh, great. Right there. Thanks for tuning in this week. We look mm -hmm. forward to seeing you next week where we review art apps. And those can help you in a variety of ways to, to, for math, for reading, yeah. for writing, but more than anything else, for art. See you next week.